Hey there, boys, girls, and flying squirrels. My name is Joe Keyport, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. For this week's episode, I talked to two-thirds of the band Rister. We talked about the band's organic origins, the deep dive into relating and relationships on their debut record, and the theme of teeth. Check it out. It's Rister on the Ear Coffee Podcast. Max and Pete, how are you doing this morning? Doing well, how are you? Good. We've been chatting already, but how are you doing on this Saturday? I know you, Pete, you said you've been working. <laughs> you've had all <laughs> of like working, three hours yeah. of sleep since Maybe like four, four or five. Hey, you know, that's a little better than nothing. So let's start at the beginning then. Just talk about how you started playing music and what, what made you want to play your instruments and play in a band and all of that fun stuff. I know it's kind of a potentially <laughs> yeah, digging was, back a little far there, but... Very far. Um, I was like 14 or 15 and wanted to pick up the guitar. A lot mm-hmm. of metal music and stuff like that. And then I wound up playing bass in every band after, and that was kind of it. No? I don't know. I What what made me want to do it, though? Yeah. I don't know. You had that moment? <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I kind of just had that moment. It was like one of those things my brother actually, uh, he played drums. Mm. It was just like one of those, other than skateboarding, mm. you know? It was like the thing we connected on, and we mm-hmm. just did. We had a... a good friend um his parents when we were young like really supported us actually making music oh nice so we'd like play in the basement we had like full stack amps and all that like every weekend they let us just yeah just let it rip i don't know (laughs) and that was it and then just wound up playing in bands after that Mm. the love of music never stopped and kept evolving so for some of the bands you played in oh god (laughs) (laughs) we want to go down that i mean i've quite a few i did i met uh a lifelong friend in in high school, and we actually wound up forming a band with my brother. What did we? It was called Blue Clot. It was his middle name? Oh, okay, it sounded really cheesy, but mm-hmm. to us it was like a joke because his middle name is actually Blue Claw. And then Blue Claw shreds. Yeah, that 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 <laughs> spiraled into yes. this like weird shoegaze project called Daylily. I've played in other groups. I've played with a couple friends who like are singer songwriters, mm-hmm. or you know they produce their own music and they just have like a. Um, like their own bands they, they piece together you know musicians they know so one was like Susie was a local project I played with Ghost Mouth mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff uh, and then I've got a band called Go For Retro right now um, and then Rister yeah as of this past year so gotcha. a lot of stuff I make electronic music on the side I do yeah crazy you're always tinkering yeah pretty much musician. yeah good. what about you Max uh, I guess it all started like my brother got a drum set for his either his mm-hmm. birthday or Christmas or something like when we were pretty young and I would watch him drum and I'd be like oh, I want to do that <laughs> <laughs> and then after a while I started sneaking down okay. there and playing drums and stuff and he'd come down and bully me and mm-hmm. show me how to do it you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know I just like kept drumming I picked up guitar and like a little bit of bass and stuff and uh, started singing a mm-hmm. lot too and that was like my main focus I decided to go to school to mm-hmm. be a music teacher for a while and that didn't pan out but <laughs> I've been playing in okay. bands for a long time now. Ah, the music school. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. yeah, blow a bunch of money for a degree yeah. that won't make you any money. Any money, yeah. yeah. Most definitely. What were some of the bands you played in before? Uh, I used to drum for Township. They're like mostly out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, I sang for Molly's Roost Enemy back in the day. And then, I mean, like before then, you know, ran yeah. a thousand random yeah. bands in like middle school trying to figure out what the hell we're doing, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Most definitely. The best crossroads. I think the, the one thing people don't know about this is so they had like the Molly's Worst Enemy project back mm-hmm. in the day. 
we used to share a practice space uh, when I had this blue claw band. And we didn't like no, my brother played drums in Molly's. Yeah, that's like how we met bit. you. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, that's how we met. And uh, essentially, we had this practice space, and y'all had like people over one night and got us kicked out. <laughs> yeah, like a little like show party. I don't know what. You yeah, in there. I still like to blame that on Dino. I'm gonna say it's, it's Dino's <laughs> fault, but <laughs> thank you, Dino. Dino, if you're listening, yeah. it's your fault, um, and I love you. <laughs> oh, got us kicked out, and. Then, <laughs> with the the whole formation of Rister, mm-hmm. I wound up working with Dunn, who's not here, mm-hmm. uh, and I had no idea who he was. Okay. And then I was I was making fun of him because his last name was Dunn. Um, and he's like, what's your last name? And I was like, oh, Sands. And he's like, I know your brother. And I was in this band. And then mm-hmm. we figured out that we all knew each other, apparently. Okay. So. <laughs> knew each other, but never actually like hung out or anything. Mm-hmm. So is that how Rister came together? Because before this, I'd like other than I'd seen your band name on like show flyers, I'd never seen you perform. It was just suddenly there was like, oh, there's this band Rister. I don't see any demos or anything out or any singles. And then suddenly there's uh, Flowers on the Fall, which we'll get to in a little bit. And this thing, and suddenly just Rister is a band now with a debut record coming out. <laughs> so how did the band itself just kind of come together? You said it was just a collection of people. Well, it was. Like, when Dunn and I realized that we had that connection, mm. it was like, whoa. And Max and I hadn't really even, we didn't talk or no, anything. No, no, we were, not really. I don't know. We didn't see each other ever. Not with um, us. <laughs> and Dunn and I had worked together, and we'd, you know, work in the mornings or whatever, and go out and have a cup of coffee, and we'd be talking. And we both love, like, guitars, mm. music, whatever. And so we decided to jam one day and he said he had like a little project going on with you yeah. and or something else and <laughs> at the time me and Don were just sucking out loud like really loud you know yes. <laughs> well yeah. you're doing something yeah, and I was well, like I, don't know. <laughs> I, I, could, I could use something to do and so we we tried to learn a pavement cover and I hadn't seen you in like years and I was like yeah well, you know what I, I could jam I'm not doing enough right now and so we yeah we played this pavement cover for 10 minutes and then we wound up cranking out what was it like hideous gloom or something yeah that, that was, was like okay. the first, first time thing. we ever jammed and we, we just that song. what was that like a year and a half ago yeah and then that was it so mm. we we looked at each other we're like yeah chemistry yeah cool we started pumping out songs really quickly too like faster than any project okay. i've ever yeah. been in and but this this record has been done for like <laughs> for a year <laughs> yeah oh really <laughs> yeah yeah we recorded what last summer right yep last june okay yeah, yeah actually so laid down the tracks and maybe stuff. even longer yeah i was gonna say longer than it's been done for a while so then it so writing this record was very collaborative because that was one of the next questions is just because i I know because we i mean i talked to don in harper's jar last saturday for Mm -hmm. a podcast and great band yeah and so just talking to them and how i know Devin drives a lot of that and then it's also collaborative and some other bands are always just like i always bring everything and then everybody fills it out how did that but it sounds like for you it was just you got together in a space and suddenly songs were pumping out basically yeah it was super organic yeah, we we I I didn't like bring anything. I don't think anyone ever brought anything in. It's just one of those we had like this ideal situation where we had you know, this perfect mm-hmm. schedule. We could all meet up on Thursdays and we would just get into a room and just jam. I, I we all had the same kind of like mindset mm-hmm. too where it's like we just want to make short pop songs. Yeah. Yeah, it it's not I don't know. <laughs> I hate to say it's not rocket science or something. It makes me sound pretentious, but it's like no, we we there was something so organic about it. I yeah, don't know. It was super simple. Mm-hmm. We just start playing and stuff would happen. Be like, all right, that's cool. Something not cool happened. Be like, yo, scrap that. Move on. Mm-hmm. You know. 
I think the only one that I did bring was Headlights, and I had, like, asked about that because I never got to do, like, the uh, the acoustic song. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know? I was like, I want to, I just have to do it. I have to ask if you guys want to, you know, yeah, play man. that song, and, and then that one turned out to would. be. Yeah. Love that song. Great, but, yeah, it's really <laughs> yeah. weird. Most definitely. Um, so you put out your debut record, Different Teeth, about a week ago as of recording this. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that, um, what has it been like, that kind of reception? Because it's, it's rare that we talk to a band usually after the record is put out. What, mm-hmm. what has it been like seeing people talk about it or having people come up to you? Or have, are you looking back on the project? Do you have any thoughts and feelings? We'll be digging into it, obviously, a little more yeah, later. Sure. But just kind of those initial, it's about been out a week. You've been probably wanting to put this out for a long time mm. like I think, it, it feels good yeah. yeah i don't know people people have generally the people have been like the reception's been good uh, mm. other bands have like reposted stuff i mean mm. people have been awesome so far mm. uh I, I don't want to say we suck at it but we were like we weren't the greatest when we like you know plopped it out there mm. and well, working with Brit. God bless praise God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but like we, you know, we had like a lot of like little hangups here and there, mm-hmm. you know, life catches up to you and whatever else. But yeah, so far people have been awesome. The music video, we got a lot of good reception mm. for that. We yeah. put out the single last year and that was yet. Yeah. yeah. Right at the end of the year. Mm. Yeah. So it, people have been awesome so far. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. It's catching a buzz. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm all Every about response it. is like, just gets me so stoked yeah. to see our friends and, you know, people that don't even know us supporting and sharing yeah. stuff makes you feel really good it just feels good to have it out and like you know being <laughs> able to like share that with people mm-hmm. yeah yeah how did you, you mention brace cove how did you get all get connected with that label because they're they're one of like two i mean you're wearing a learning curve Records sweatshirt which is again one of my other favorite local i work with that runner, oh, yeah <laughs> nice so like how did you get connected with brace cove um well we like knew i mean we know like doggy and we know mm-hmm. you know matt and mm-hmm. okay. everyone like just from like the scene and stuff okay. and like i mean i've known alexis for years and years and so when it came time to like actually get down and try to you know figure mm-hmm. everything out it's like just shot him an email yeah. like yo here's the here's the songs take a listen and immediately they responded we're like yep we'll help you mm-hmm. and i was like whoa nice. okay and ever since then they've mm-hmm. just been so supportive and really helpful and very good at organizing and coordinating mm-hmm. things with it's, us it's, it's just awesome, it's awesome to have like the prospect of like potentially working with someone so that I mean, it's it's just like I don't know cross promotion mm-hmm. yeah, essentially, but it's it's really it's rad that they're doing what they're doing in the Twin Cities right now and yeah. supporting bands like that, mm-hmm. helping crank out cassettes, all this other stuff. So it's like when it came time to put it out, I was like, why wouldn't we do this? You yeah, know? Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Did you say you help out with Learning Curve? No, no, uh, I work with work I work with, with uh, Renner. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, the, I was just like, was like royalty in the building? Is no, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, his. Grumpy's is a lot of like yeah. Minneapolis history with mm. Amrep and then Learning Curve, a lot of cool noise rock and okay. a lot of a lot of cool bands yeah. and working there. So. Most definitely. So then you worked with Jeremy, I always butcher his last name, Tapero. Tapero yeah. with recording this record, which worked with Casual because you mentioned Dino yeah. and mm-hmm. um, a bunch of other phenomenal bands. Was that? I'm assuming that wasn't your first time then in the studio. Oh, was that your first time in like a, pro- was. a proper? For me it was okay. Yeah, a proper recording space. Well, at least with Jeremy, right? Okay. Yeah, with Jeremy. What, what was that recording process like then? <sighs> It was a dream. Yeah, it was. I Love was gonna Jerry. say so yeah. so smooth. I hate to make it all sound like effortless because it's like, oh, writing the songs. It, <laughs> yeah. it was just it was pretty easy. And then recording, like, went in there. Uh, well, I mean, we did the initial tracking for the record all in one day, and these two had like a very very good relationship with Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. So you knew 
you guys knew exactly how to like talk to him, communicate properly, what totally. you wanted. For me, I was a little, I wasn't like nervous, but I was like, oh man, like I wonder how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Track everything. It sounds really good. And then it came time <laughs> to do like the, uh, the guitar overdubs, just like another round of guitars. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in this room and I'm like, what can I do to make this like a little different? You know, mm-hmm. will he let me try everything out? And he totally did. And I don't know. Worked out well. Yeah. Okay. Me and Don have like been working with Jeremy for eight or nine years <laughs> now. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've known him okay. for a long time. Yeah. I, I feel like I basically grew up working okay. with him, you know, cause nice. I, I met him when I was uh, 18, I want to say, okay. which looking back is pretty young. <laughs> yeah. How old are y'all now? I'm 26. Peace. Okay. Same deal. Yeah, okay, cool. I, it's, it's, it's rare that I talk to someone 25 and usually everybody <laughs> we interview is like 19, 20, 21. And so I'm sure. just like, are these my peers? <laughs> hey, yeah. the, the dad rock of, of DIY here. Um, <laughs> um, so then did Jeremy serve more? Because I know the, the roles have blurred. The idea of the producer is no longer really a thing, but also because it's the engineer, especially if you like anybody listens to like Steve Albini interviews, mm-hmm. where he's like very hard line on that. Did Jeremy have a lot of input on how things should be done or did you have, were you welcome to that or what? What was that like? That kind of I know you since Max, you've you've grown up with you, uh, Jeremy. Obviously, there's that rapport there. But like, yeah. what was that? He pretty much just let us do our thing. I was gonna you know? say that similar to like a Steve Albini thing, like really just trying to capture like mm-hmm. the actual sound of the band. That is the one thing I love about this record. Is it? Yeah, I shouldn't say it sounds just like us, but man, it kind of does. Yeah, okay. everything was just isolated. This nothing we like doctored up too much, other mm-hmm. than maybe some like uh, some reverb and delay and stuff on the vocals and other than that like yeah just really let us go and any idea that we had for like uh, what headlights has like some weird just kind of guitar ambient pad Mm -hmm. underneath the whole thing like he just kind of let us roll with that other than that suggestions on like if a fill or a part wasn't working out for any of us just like Mm -hmm. just try something different so really really hands off um i i can't really say much else other than that you know as far as like producing the record when i don't even mm. feel like we did you know much yeah. of that yeah <laughs> we just went in and yeah. recorded the songs and that was kind of it yeah. he's always been really good about getting the best out of mm. the performer and stuff yeah so yeah he's just a really good coach someone that you can throw an idea at mm. and if it's dumb he'll be like let's eh, take another take <laughs> yeah most definitely just yeah. make sure when you get in the room it's like oh it's we're, we're here we're recording we're paying money to do this like we're you know, in this space this is awesome it's go time to mm-hmm. And he's so mellow and like yeah. relaxed about it that you you don't feel like this pressure. That, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes can really hit if you're like recording in like a nice studio. I've had that before. It's like, oh whoa! Like, are we gonna be able to finish this? This mm-hmm. was like effortless. It was just beautiful. So, okay, most definitely, yeah. So you put out your second single with a music video for "Lack of Truth," which the band per, like did that. That was tell me yeah. about recording that because like yeah. I really because I, I there's been like this what I've noticed like a little bit of a resurgence of just bands recording themselves doing what hood rat shit is. Uh, Joshua <laughs> Will- the, just yeah, a Joshua yeah, Williamson of Charlie Didn't Surf referred to like that video for Lynn Lake Punk, and so I just I always love it. It's just you guys running around and like shotgunning beers and it's mostly done shotgunning yeah, 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 yeah. a lot of done shotgunning this morning yeah. <laughs> he's still recovering no. uh yeah I, that that whole day was so much fun we um i mean i got a hold of a camera from my my girlfriend rachel she has a really nice camera and does mm-hmm. some you know film photography stuff and she was super supportive and just kind of let us like 
take her camera and run around town <laughs> and i still don't understand yeah, why well. she trusted us with yeah. it but <laughs> it all worked out you know we kind of didn't really have a concept for the video okay. and going into it don just kept saying it's day drink in the movie let's go <laughs> so we're like all right he was very adamant about that oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he really drove the the vibe <laughs> of it i think it was yeah i was gonna say it was just kind of us it really was us just like walking around and trying to film I mean, I feel like I, I look like I'm lip syncing in the video. It's so I was you just tell I'm cheesing, you know. Yeah, it's not meant to be taken. No, you know, yeah, it's very lighthearted seriously. and fun. But it it was fun. Yeah. My favorite was uh, oh, there were a couple moments done on top of a mailbox, yeah. shotgunning a beer, mm-hmm. and this older lady got off the bus and just walked by without a care. <laughs> <laughs> or like the. Uh, we were there's like a church by my house where we're kind of doing all this mm-hmm. um like a parish center or something and it, where max has like a bluetooth speaker like mm-hmm. in your little like in my hoodie, pouch, yeah. Yeah. My hoodie pouch. walking backwards filming me singing this song and done does like a dive into the snow you know. i think that's like one of the shots yeah he's just laying in the snow past and out. right as like walking past the doors doing this these people are walking out looking at us like, what in the actual fuck is going on here? And Dunn just gets up and he goes, we're making art. <laughs> I beelined it to like my house. I was like, I got to get out yeah, of here. here. Yeah. We can't let them know it's me. Um, it's definitely, yeah. Well, especially like a, a, a very like irreverent video for kind of the record's got some heavy ish themes and kind of the, cause talking about the blurb. Cause I, when we did the premiere for the album, I asked Alexis to get us uh, uh, like a little blurb from, from y'all about what the record's about. And it talks about, obviously you use the allegory of teeth for like relation and connection. Where did that come from? I don't think I was able to like really piece all of that together mm-hmm. until we finished this. I know that sounds really weird, but I didn't like go into making any of this with like mm-hmm. that idea in mind. Um, and only after the fact, I was like, these songs are like, they're, they're like a, a collection of those, those ideas that have the, the feeling mm-hmm. like those, those, those different teeth, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really odd to like, I don't know, put into words right now. Yeah. But, yeah. Like only, only after the fact that I, I, I think of that, um, Different teeth in and of itself was that song was about uh, kind of feeling dated musically too. Like you said, mm. dad, <laughs> dad, dad rock a DIY. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, like it's it's like trying so hard to like break into a scene and cut your teeth and mm. that I don't know that evolved into something else. Mm-hmm. But like having to I don't know do all all these things to like try and fit in now, it, it's kind of scary or it scares me. And then I I, I don't know tell myself stop taking yourself so seriously mm. you know get over it but yeah, i i don't know that different teeth yeah. idea and that was kind of something y- y'all drove home oddly yeah, enough yeah. i didn't think of different teeth at all mm-hmm. right um, gotta get some credit out there. i was gonna say <laughs> that was not me that was, that was you uh, well and it was grant and yeah it was grant and zach, uh, zach, zach Morris, Morris, yeah, casual and then grant from heart to gold yeah uh, we were jamming for a while, those two, and then me and Don trying mm. to come up with the band Space Buddies. Well, we wrote a bunch of songs and 
ended up not doing anything <laughs> really? with them, yeah. unfortunately. Maybe someday we'll go back to teeth, it. Different teeth, like a song? Yeah, it, no, we were trying to think, well, we were trying to think of band names, and Zach was like, different teeth. And we're like, dude, that's sick. And then months later, I texted him, I was like, yo, I just cannot get different teeth out of my head. Mm-hmm. Like, since Space Buddies isn't doing anything, would you mind if like we use that for like a song name or mm-hmm. maybe an album name or something? Because it seems really fitting for what we're talking about. Pete sings about teeth in like four songs or something like that. It just kind of like lined up. <laughs> yeah, that was just coincidental. And then mm-hmm. uh, they were like, yeah, totally go for mm-hmm. it. And so it was very nice of them. And then when, uh, when eventually we put the thing out and mm-hmm. had them on the credits, they're like, yo, why are we getting special things? Yeah. And I was like, you thought of that. Okay, never yeah. mind. Yeah. So I was wondering why you shouted them out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great guys, strange. great, bands, great oh, musicians. Where all that came from. I, I don't know. I haven't reflected on that in a while. Yeah. But yeah. It all just kind of came together in the end. It, it did. It's, it's odd how that all worked out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Most definitely. Cause, yeah, because like listening to the album and like looking into the lyrics, especially with when Flowers on the Fault was released, it definitely is almost. I referred to it as like a was it like a dropout kind of party anthem is how I kind of refer to it in the write-up just because it's like a lot of it's, the only reason I say that is because the loud guitars and it's just fun songs to listen to as you said like pop songs mm-hmm. but like you listen to the lyrics it's like a- a- apathy and like stuff like that and just kind of feeling numb and trying to figure that out and a lot of those themes leak in along with the other songs on that record Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of wondering where those were coming from as those, like the lyrics and the songs were coming together. Um, with that one, it was, I'm willowing over pretending to find closure. Like trying to find closure, I, I guess. So I lost my dad. Mm-hmm. And like when you have these, I don't know, you have these like epiphanies about like what you're doing with your life. Mm-hmm. And like white billowing pastime was obviously just like a reference to like when you're sitting around and you're you're drinking or you know you're using substances to like try and run away from something or you're doing anything like mm-hmm. that you should sit there and rethink things I guess so maybe that song is like I don't know it's it's me reflecting on how like I'm I'm trying to get over something mm-hmm. we're all trying to get over something you know um, sometimes you're just not there you're you're yeah. kind of checked out like that was that was where that one came from oddly enough. What was the, uh, I, uh, if you don't feel comfortable, what, what was the time period for you losing your dad to these songs? Cause um, two, June will be two years. Okay. So pretty okay. recent. Like, uh, what's that song called? Uh, Shut Her Down was like <laughs> primarily about that one. So like loss. And I know loss is not something that's like special to me because mm-hmm. everyone's going to go through it at some yeah. point or another. Because well, like I, I lost my dad at 16. So like yeah. that, that idea of. Yeah, and the numbness and like that stuff and processing and it's that, and then I think it's applicable too to like relationships. Yeah. We've all, I mean, <laughs> early twenties, <laughs> even in the late twenties, like you're gonna go, you're gonna have some, you're gonna have loved and lost mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so it's kind of like about that, and just I think with with flowers on the faults, it, it's you know, it's kind of <laughs> I'm reading it over, like I'm 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 looking it over yeah. again, like I'm looking back and it's like, do I regret any of this? Mm-hmm. No, but it's time for change. It's time for, you know, something new. Mm-hmm. So okay. essentially just trying to find closure. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then I was wondering, cause like, um, you mentioned hideous gloom. I kind of want to talk about that song too. And then the song driver, and we'll get to headlights a little bit. Cause that was a like mm-hmm. closer. And that one's obviously a very standout track from the rest of the record a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, like kind of talk me through some of the other songs like hideous gloom and driver and some of those kind of hideous gloom. Um, I think those two, the hideous blue man driver, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to cover them both at once, but they're, they're kind of applicable to like relationships and stuff like that. 
putting your pride aside, like just, I don't know, like it, it's difficult. We, people fight. Mm-hmm. People, people have like a really tough time and I don't know, finding a way to, to put that into words and get, you know, get over all of it essentially. Or drivers more specifically about desire hideous glooms, just about like when it's crappy and I, what the best part of tasting blood. I think that's also <laughs> like, that's also a reference to like a relationship with, I don't know, substance issues. I, I don't have that, <laughs> that, that yeah. substance abuse issues either, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, I question stuff like that. And I think other people should too. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're ever having any sort of trouble. I didn't make this just for me, but yeah. Um, Hideous Gloom, I think that would be the hardest one for me to like really hone in like a, I, I don't know, a meaning behind that mm-hmm. song. Those, it's some of it's just kind of poetry, mm-hmm. um, but drivers more specifically like about, you know, lack of desire in like relationship and how do you, how do you rekindle that fire? Mm-hmm. How do you, because I feel like people, they just burn out so quick now, you know, mm-hmm. don't want to s- stick in it for the long haul or something happens and it's like, a, do you really care about this person you want to try mm-hmm. um yeah everyone can relate to that yeah so gotcha is that in those what are some of the other themes because like trying to think through because it just it's very much uh a diverse and how it handles things the more you talk about it because uh because like lack of truth like the second single that one has well i mean lack of truth is a very like defining mm-hmm. like statement in that in its own right right there like it's just kind of feeling like you plateaued, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, worrying about your health, actually, mm-hmm. that gets really weird. I, 26 hits and I'm like, oh, I, I didn't feel good this morning. Yeah. Like, you know, my back hurts. <laughs> yeah, even this morning, I, I didn't go to bed until 5 a.m. And I'm like, oh, was that the right decision? Uh, money governs everything. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it, it, it's just, yeah, that one, that one was just like my statement to the world. Like, man, mm-hmm. this is tough. <laughs> yeah where's the truth in all of this you know mm-hmm. I, I think that was that was kind of it um i'm trying to think of what else i sing in that song mm-hmm. what else i'm saying <laughs> i'm trying to say to people but yeah it's just like, like a lack of truth and then the i think the coming alone parts like referencing like uh trying to find that that truth within yourself to yeah. like i don't know confront yourself find mm-hmm. that truth find i don't know define it make some meaning mm-hmm mm. <laughs> So when you were when you were finally like compiling all of these songs together, is that and that's definitely when you guys f- found what that kind of that different teeth idea for the record, or because I know earlier you mentioned it was like you didn't you obviously weren't thinking about that stuff going into it, but you had the like the seven or eight ish songs, mm-hmm. and suddenly is that where kind of the whole record theme started appearing? Or that's that's always kind of happened to me. I hate to like references i love the band deer hunter and okay i think in a couple interviews like bradford cox has mentioned like that's the way it's always worked out for them and it's like what it's like well i, I write these songs but like don't don't read too much into it because at, at the end is when like i might conceptualize some sort of grand like overarching idea about what these all mean mm-hmm. um but i didn't go into it initially like doing that and i like that like kind of like uh, you know off the cuff like like idea of like how art should be made. I ask, I, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, like just, just trying to like crank these songs out. And if there is an idea, like I'll, I'll figure it out later. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how that was all. I, okay. Yeah. Well, cause like, the, like I ask, cause obviously a lot of times, yeah, it's, 
I mean, I don't write music really. Yeah. Uh, but you don't go into the idea of like putting a collection unless you're doing some sort of like big grandiose like concept record yeah. where you're like, well, I need a song to link this to this to this. You're not always going to be going into something, especially when earlier. And I don't mean to like distill it too far down. You're just like it, the the band started as a way to like write fun pop songs as yeah, short yeah, pop songs. essentially. Yeah. But so I really okay. So now that we've talked, I want to talk about the final track headlights just because. Listening through it, well, initially it's it's way different, except for like that little end, like final mm-hmm. huzzah. Yep. Like it's not the same as the rest of the record. It starts off as like an acoustic ballad with some like guitar pads and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Why? And you you mentioned that you really wanted to. That was a song. Is that a song you had, Pete, before like the band? <laughs> that one's probably like three or four years old. Actually, I had just gone through a terrible breakup and I uh I remember sitting in this room in my dad's house and just on my bed and like that song I don't know just kind of came out of me and I I kept playing Mm -hmm. it and playing it and playing it and very rarely do I like write a song on an acoustic guitar that Mm -hmm. I I just feel like I have to get out there and so when the uh the opportunity you know came about to like approach these two and be like hey can we sneak in something different on this record like (laughs) some like acoustic track and they were mm. both so chill about it like Max and I were like yeah like can okay. we do a little like you know some brushes a little bass over it and then the the loud ending like yeah that's how that kind of came about but yeah Pete like texted a little mm. recording of it to our little group chat yeah me and Don took a listen we're like dude did you hear what Pete just sent because that's gold that mm. is beautiful yeah and just immediately appreciated it and mm. wanted to bring it onto the record we thought we could make it fit um and I think it is a really good way to end the record, too. Yeah, because I was wondering why you chose to end it that way when it could, it could almost fit anywhere else there. Why why end Different Teeth that way? I think the with... So maybe we were thinking about it, but with <laughs> yeah. the, with the, the uh, lyrical content on that one, it was it just kind of made sense. Like, that was this all-encompassing, like... I, I don't know. That, that song is pretty heavy for me. Mm-hmm. Talk about like running through a pool of blood. Yeah. Like, being, <laughs> it's, it's just like, oh, God. Um, that one really that it encompasses. It, it, it kind of leaves the record wide open for me, too. Mm-hmm. Like the, the headlights are a fever in the dark. dark. It, it's, it's just this. It's kind of this dark way to end the record. I, it's opening it up for the next one, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, it just had to be. I can't yeah, really tell yeah. you why, but it just worked out that yeah. way. I think what really solidified its place in the record as far as being like the last track was just that smack and ending. Oh yeah. And that wa- too. Walking away from that last note. Just mm, it's it like it you think we're gonna it's perfect. We're gonna yeah. you know, just <laughs> let it ride out all yeah. soft and you no know, so, still something boiling, you mm, know. Yeah. And I obviously you just put this one out so we don't look too far ahead, but you mentioned you leaving it open for the next one, are you already planning that next one then? Yeah. You can go I and mean, do another one right now. No, obviously <laughs> yeah, we, could, we could pump out an EP tomorrow yeah. if we really wanted to, but yeah. We, yeah, we've been writing constantly, mm-hmm. and I mean, for a while it was like every time we got together we'd have a new song, mm-hmm. and that just kept happening, so mm-hmm. at this point we have a bunch of tracks that we're still kind of workshopping and putting mm-hmm. them together. They're coming along mm-hmm. nicely. Uh, really looking forward to get back yeah. in the studio because I think the next one is gonna is gonna be really got like fun. Four or five right now, I think yeah. that are pretty close mm-hmm. to to being like finished Done. ideas. Yeah. yeah, the lyrics are there and everything else. So, so uh, is Pete? Do you primarily write the lyrics to the songs, or is that also like a everybody kind of shares? That is, that's yeah. a solid me. <laughs> yeah, 
other than that, I mean, like, I, I don't write the songs. Mm-hmm. I just, you know. And usually it starts out where it's like we get into a room and then um, we just, you know, we have the idea, like all the, the ins- instrumental mm-hmm. stuff going on. And I'll have like a melody in my head and go home and I'll wake up at 3 a.m. and just type lyrics into my phone <laughs> and go back to bed. So Yeah, most definitely. Um, just wrapping things up, I unfortunately this probably won't come out in time for your tape release show, but do you have what are the rest of twenty twenty looking like for the band? I know again it's March, so you still have most of the year ahead of you. <laughs> so, but a few shows coming yeah. up like later spring, early summer, and then I'm figuring stuff out from there. Just trying to mm-hmm. I don't know, either try and get back in the studio yeah. or yeah. do a small tour run or something like that. We yeah. yeah, we're all busy. Yeah. Busy bees. Dunn's always out on tour with. He's got the Harper's Jar, the Pierre. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's very busy uh, fellow. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. We've all got stuff going on, but uh, I would like to just record another one. Yeah. Yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah. get back in there, play some fun shows. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I was because I was wondering if if you if you all were planning on doing tours because again now that you've mentioned it, I mean obviously you mentioned it. Dunn does a million things, and mm-hmm. I. This band is so new. Uh, have you planned anything? I mean, you say you want to, but for the prospect yeah. of it, it's yeah. just I, I'm in like my senior year of college, okay. and we're we're all working all the time. Mm. So it's it's one of those things too, where they're getting older and older and older. And it's like, oh, <laughs> the energy to do. Yeah, um, we'll get out there. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely I, I was there. gonna say something will happen. Yeah. We'll have the the, the mm. time to plan it all out properly, but yeah, mm. if not that, just. Some good local shows for sure. <laughs> so. And finally, where can people find y'all? I mean, the internet's the internet. yeah, yeah, pretty much all of it, right? <laughs> yeah, we got all the bases covered. Yeah, you can download the what different teeth for free on Bandcamp, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer. Deezer, yeah. I, don't <laughs> Deezer. Have, I still don't know what Nasty. that is. Literally every streaming platform. We okay. just have to make a Facebook, band LinkedIn Instagram. next. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's <laughs> the one we're missing. Yeah, you get the tape through Brace Cove. Yep. yep, you can order it online. It's like mm. it's pretty cheap. It's yeah. like five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tapes five bucks, baby. Yeah. Well, Max, Pete, thank you so much. Thanks thank for you. having us. The Ear Coffee Podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name. If you like this episode, please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ear Coffee. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.